Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Yes, we're finally back with the new episode. It's been a while. Sorry for the long pause. We're back. Grizzlies basketball is back better than ever. 2020 finals? Mm, possible. Hope so. Ramey, your Rams did good. Bobby Wagner signed. Today, yeah. we, have, today we have a special guest with us, Luke Pruitt with Labonner Children's Hospital. I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Ramey Johnson. Welcome to the show, Luke Pruitt. On the prowl! Move! So honored to be with y'all, legends. Robert, Ramey, already. You're 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 ascending to the top, but man, everything y'all have already created is so special. So honored you'd have me on. Honored you're on. How are you? Man, um, I'm doing really well. We're we're recording on a Friday, the first Friday in April. So uh, we're heading into Q2 of the year. This is not his favorite few months. What'd you say? This is not a joke, by the way. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. Yeah, that's right. It is April Fool's Day. But, man, I just, I'm just i so excited about spring in Memphis. And um, it's been a hard two years with this pandemic, you know. And so um, I am very hopeful about the months ahead that we can can hopefully heal uh, yeah. as a city and country and world together. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch some sports, watch Grizzlies oh, yeah. make that run. Finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, well, we're all three obviously Grizzlies fans. So, tell us more about this Grizzlies season and what it means to the city of Memphis, and as well as you and your family and friends. Yeah, so I was uh, a junior in high school when the Grizzlies moved to Memphis, and um, I would say it's one of the largest shaping events of my life. Um, So I was in college during the Battier J Will days. Um, the core four was coming to prominence just as we were having our first two kids. We've got three boys. Thomas is 12. Liam's 10. Elliot is five. They love the Grizzlies. They've only grown up knowing great basketball yes. in their hometown. Right. And, and, yeah. and we all know like Memphis has always been hoop city, every playground park gym throughout the city is full of incredible talent, but, but they've grown up seeing literally the best basketball players in the world come into their city, their neighborhood, and what a special thing. And so the core four was so life-shaping for my marriage, for my friendships, uh, for my relationships with my kids. And then we had those really weird, like the Lance Stevenson years, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just like every, every player we formerly hated as NBA fans became a Grizzly, you know, <laughs> yeah, Bird pretty much. the whole crew. Pretty and, much. Uh, you know, we learned we can love anybody. And then, uh, you know, you started getting a little momentum. Elliot Perry went up to New York, came home with the number two pick after having drafted Jaron Jackson the year before. And it's like something's happening here. Yep. And it became apparent really, really quickly. And I think the thing I've been most encouraged about is the Morant family, the Jackson family, the impact these young dudes are, are making in the city. I mean, Kyle Anderson was at Labonner yesterday, um, spending time with families, kicking it with kids. It's just a special group of players. And you've interjected a New Zealander who's one <laughs> of, I think, 17 or 18 kids who's yeah. just brute down low. You've got – Dylan back, man, it's, it's a good time. Bane shooting from all over the court. So we're really hopeful. And I think regardless of how this playoff run goes, man, the next five years of being a Grizzlies fan is going to be 
some of the best NBA fandom, you know, since maybe 90s Bulls or 80s Lakers or oh, for sure. whatever those great teams were. And you, you bring up a good point because not only are these – this is good basketball on court, but the team itself has embraced the city of Memphis. I mean, none of these guys are were born here in Memphis, but the way that they act and the way that they just have embraced the city, they're just – it's second to none. You don't see this anywhere else in the NBA where yeah. people are just – hanging out in the city of Memphis, giving back to the community like the Grizzlies have. And it's just, it's just infectious to see like this team just, just come together and embrace this city. Like it's, it's great for fans, the team. It's, it's just, it's beautiful. They naturally get the, I know y'all are friends with Chris Vernon. The, if you love Memphis, it'll love you back. I mean, it's yes. really special, you know, yes. I, um, yeah, just entire families, as I was saying, Morant family, Jack's family, all, all across the board, man. It's it's really special how much they love and appreciate Memphis. And I think those Memphis qualities of chip on your shoulder, belief in your heart, uh, care for community, and understanding of what this place has been, the way in which Memphis has changed the world over and over again, and what it what it can and, and is going to be is uh, pretty cool. Yes. And it's great that the national media is starting to see that Memphis yeah. is legit. I think we were only the third all access in ESPN history, right? Mm-hmm. We sure were. I don't know if y'all remember back in 2015 or 16, ESPN, the magazine ran a cover story on best franchise in professional sports. Mm-hmm. And it brought in football, basketball, uh baseball kind of all the major american sports and the grizzlies were on the cover they they were the number one and i think what you've seen is um what what began with the original ownership from out of town and has continued throughout with the local ownership yeah and then has been brought in with with obviously para and Kleiman and uh wexler's been such a consistent voice for them for years it's so sturdy and so kind of this I think back to that 2015, 2016 piece where it's like Memphis had the uh, exact right infrastructure to yeah. be ready for Jaron and Jaws arrival, you know? Yes. And so it's not only that those dudes are so determined, so talented, get it, have the work ethic, but there was an organizational framework that was in place that I think is, is really cool. And I'm hopeful Penny can do the same thing with basketball, right? Yes, uh, it's clear the Tigers football program's done that, and so uh, hopefully we can kind of get all the the major uh, revenue generating sports um, that that people come out to in mass, kind of all with that framework, you know. Yeah, it's it's definitely something brewing here in Memphis. You you started that off at two nine zero one, and now you're working at Lebanon Children's Hospital. So tell us some more about your background with both of those programs and what it means to you as well. Yeah, so I, my wife and I, April, um, she still works at Choose 901. We, we both grew up in Blyville, Arkansas. And so uh, kind of grew up Memphis kids, you know, our third kids named after Elliot Perry and my dad's middle name is my dad. His first name is Elliot Perry. You know, so we grew up in the Elliot Perry and, and Penny Hardaway era. Uh, ice skating at the mall of Memphis. So we always loved Memphis, but we always said Memphis is like your mama. Like you love her, but you don't expect anyone else to, you know? Yes. And uh, I went to law school uh, downtown at the University of Memphis, real beautiful building. If you ever get a chance to go to law school there, go do it. It's an incredible place. Um, and all these people loved mama. Like they loved Memphis. And I went to law school with people from Fort Collins, Nashville, Louisville, Birmingham, like 
none of them wanted to go back home or go back to their college town. They wanted to stay in Memphis. And it, it, it just, it got in me. And so when I was graduating, I had a job lined up at a law firm, but when I met John Carroll, who founded city leadership in 2010, mm-hmm. and it started the choose 901, teach 901, all the kind of 901 campaigns serving uh, the 901 region of Memphis and, and beyond, um, man, it was a no brainer to take the leap. And even with a law decree to go at into what is a nonprofit consulting firm at its heart. And so right. choose not a one believes that Memphis is a premier city to invest and enjoy your life and, oh, and does that um, by advocating for streets and ma'am and Labonner and all of these leading nonprofits in the city that serve children and families. And so what happened is I built this incredible team that I needed to get out of the way of because Joy and Keenan and Travis are 20-somethings, some of them from Memphis, some of them who have moved in, who are just crushing it over there. Go follow at Choose901. And uh, a cool opportunity opened up at Labonner. And so I, I, uh, I raise funds and, and build business partnerships to help uh, half a million kids a year from all over the world uh, get, get world-class health care. That is that is pretty special. Like, like we were saying, I mean, this city is definitely special in its own right and you don't you don't see this anywhere else so i'm happy to hear that that that's going on in this city well the most special part is folks like you and robert Remy, who are from here mm-hmm. and who have a vision and a dream and want to lead um and so i just encourage man all y'all's friends from white station and beyond whether or not you currently live in memphis or think about coming home one day that like the engine that's going to make this city great is y'all's generation oh, believing sure. in yourselves, believing in Memphis and taking big risk. And so, man, on the prowl is that. And so we want to be a, a an advocate for you as we've been talking about. And so, um, Thank you so much. Yeah, y'all, y'all are building this city one pot at a time. Thank you, Luke, for saying that. That's, a, yeah. that's awesome. So, so I, I do have to ask. So you, I mean, you, you talked about Choose 901, LeBonner, all that. But what do you think was the biggest uh, blossom or the biggest reason for the success of Choose 901 and all the leadership efforts going in in the city of Memphis? Yeah, Um, Memphis is the most generous city in the country. Mm -hmm. So on average, Memphians give more money to nonprofits, to organizations that are set up to care for people than any other city in the entire country. And so none of it would be able to happen without a solid funding base yeah. for a lot of our nonprofits. And so that's crucial that, that Memphians care and give substantially. And for us to really address issues related to education and healthcare, uh, we're gonna have to give even more. We're gonna have to be more strategic and all that. So there's, there's a really great giving base. But the other thing is, man, just Memphians, rep the M so hard everywhere they go. You know what I mean? Like uh, from Juicy J and Project Pat to Justin Timberlake, right? It doesn't matter if you live in Nashville or LA, like, you know, when people are from Memphis, you know, it's like Vanderbilt or Morehouse. It's like when they say they're from Memphis, that means something to people. And what John did when he started Choose 901 back in 2012 is he was focusing early on on external messaging outside of the city. And then realize that, like, man, actually Memphis's best recruiters are Memphians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, man, once that focus towards the end of 2012 
shifted towards let's get Memphian swag. Let's give them like a voice through our social media platforms. It just, it took off and honestly is the most successful city advocacy campaign in the country um, because of generous Memphians who rep their city hard, you know? So for the, for all the listeners, where could they, where could they donate? Where could they help out this cause? Yeah. So, so two main ways I give in the city are give 901. Okay. So they're a nonprofit that, that is based in city leadership that mm-hmm. gives to a lot of partners in education and mentoring. So that's a great way. Another is where I work at the Labonner foundation. I, okay. you know, we, we serve, uh, kids who are, who are born into difficult situations or who have really difficult situations thrown onto them. And so, right. um, those are, those are two ways. Labonner, give not a one, you can become monthly supporters of each. I'm on the board at Believe Memphis Academy and city year. Uh, and then obviously Robert and I know each other so well through young life. Um, there's staff sure. members in high schools and on college campuses all throughout the city doing incredible mentoring work. Um, so those are avenues that, that I would, I would consider giving time, energy, and, and money to. Uh, and Give901, um, Labonner, City Year, Young Life, Believe Memphis Academy, you can't go wrong with any of those options. Oh, yeah, and I want to say, say too, like, don't wait until you've accomplished your top career goals to begin giving. That $5 a month givers, $25 a month givers, like, Man, organizations are able to make massive impacts in the lives of kids and in the lives of families throughout our city because of intentional small donors. So would love your audience to, to hop in and join in. And you can find me at social media at Luke Pruitt, L-U-K-E-P-R-U-E-T-T. I'm down to have that conversation anytime. Let's do it. It's great. You mentioned Young Life. So let's yes. talk about your background and how we you and I met each other and became great friends and and your background with Young Life and the city of Memphis. Yeah, every, every uh, leadership skill I have has come through Young Life, for sure. Um, I went to college at Union University in West Tennessee and uh, a guy named Steve Tillers mentored me during that time. He had a Young Life kid in high school named Blake Spann, who he mentored who then mentored a guy named Stephen Moten. And so you see this kind of lineage of mentoring coming down through and Stephen now runs Young Life in Memphis and is an unbelievable leader. Blake Spann runs Young Life at University of Memphis. And it's an organization centered around sharing the good news of what's possible through building community together right? Through uh, focusing on things that are bigger than ourselves and giving our lives away to things that matter. And we actually have the second oldest Young Life area in the entire country right here in Memphis. And so for generations, kids have been going to Young Life clubs and going to Young Life camp and uh, learning about things bigger than themselves. And it doesn't surprise me at all that we have the second oldest Young Life area in the country and we're the most generous city in the country because so many of our nonprofits that serve here have founders and executive directors who started out as young life kids, young life leaders, young life staff people. That that's true of numerous nonprofits I can name. And so yeah, man, I, I 
love Robert or I to be a conduit to, to connecting you to folks that, that lead in that arena. I think what we see folks like Kyle Anderson doing when he was visiting Labonner yesterday, or what we see with the Morants when they're helping out at uh, Grizzlies prep that like, you don't have to be wealthy and famous to do that stuff. Yeah. Like it is so meaningful that anybody that's an adult hops in and looks to lead in that way. I mean, that's what it's all about is just embracing that, that culture of giving back. And that's what Memphis is all about. Like you've been saying, so it really is a hand in glove fit that everything you, you have mentioned so far is just, it's just how it is. I mean, it's, that's Memphis. Man. Yes, absolutely. And, and like, this is a city with significant problems that were created like all problems in the world through selfishness, right? Like all injustice and oppression that leads to crime is, is, is selfishness. It's economic yeah. systems that don't benefit other people. <laughs> um, and so, man, I, I just, I really believe that Memphis can be an incredible example of not only changing the world through creative genius, because we've done that with, Stacks, Royal, Sun, uh, with all the music that people listen to every single day on Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal or whatever. Yeah. With FedEx and the way people think about logistics, with Labonner and St. Jude, with the way people think about healthcare. Um, but I want it to be a place that not only its creative genius changes the world, but that it can be a city where every person's able to flourish, where every person's able to see opportunity. And that that's where it's going to take us all kind of hopping in together, giving ourselves and our lives to things that matter. And um, I think Memphians are already doing that, but I think y'all's generation can help us take it to the next level. And, and I think you brought up a good point, especially for this generation. It's seeing those guys like Kyle Anderson, the Morants, Jaron, all these guys rallying around because, I mean, you see on the court how great they are. They're creating that influence on the court. So then that translates to off the court and you see these younger, these younger generations looking at them and seeing how great they can be and all they can really do. And it's just great to, to watch how this city is just unfolding through, through the Grizzlies, through this younger It's just it's great. It's exciting, man. I, and I don't, you know, Ford's about to make the largest investment in the history of its company right here in, in, in West Tennessee in the Memphis region. And yeah. uh, man, Capital's coming, population's growth's coming. And so we've got to be really strategic um, across the board to ensure that, you know, tide rises all ships. And I bet it's going to make your job a little bit more, more work, but I'm sure you're going to love it because it's just, it's getting, it's enforcing your, your whole strategy of why Memphis is so great. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's a, uh, it's a cool ethos to have, right? Like you want to believe in where you are. Yes. Um, and I think the thing I've been saying for years is you want to be where the New York Times is writing about in the future, not where it's currently writing about. So don't be where the New York Times is, is be where they're going to be. And we're starting to see that, right? They're like, as you were saying, the national media is starting to realize how special Memphis is. And so I want my kids to be a part of building legacies. You know, that's yes. what so many great Memphians, whether it's Robert Church or Willie Mitchell or Fred Smith or George Cates have done in the past, right? They build these legacies that 
we're all able to come and, and be a part of. And um, we've got this weird thing called life that we got to figure out how to deal with. And uh feels like the best way to handle it to me is through uh, uh, trying to live a meaningful life and love people well and get to watch great sports along the way. Yes. Yes. You bring up a great point. Remy, how, how did, uh, man, I, like, did you ever expect the LA Rams to win a Super Bowl in your lifetime? Cause like as a Grizzlies fan, we're all a little skeptical. We'll ever get over the hump. I know you had the Kurt Warner years, but it's different now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, cause I wasn't born yet. So I was born in 02, the, it was like right before my birth. Yeah. So I, I never really thought that it would happen. Fun, we moved, fun we fact. Moved. Fun fact. Go ahead. Rami's birthday is April 2nd, which is tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, that's awesome. Happy birthday. I'm I'm wishing uh, the Grizzlies to win it all. That I'm speaking it into existence. I'm putting it out there. The Grizzlies are going to win it all. That's, that's my birthday wish. So you think this year? I don't think that – I think we will – I think we can. I'm not yeah, saying we will, but I think, like you said, we're setting that foundation. This team is so young that whatever we we learn from the playoffs this year, we're just going to use that as fuel for next year. Just keep yeah. keep growing. I mean, we we have the organizational framework, we have the framework of the team, and I think these boys are just hungry. So whatever happens this year, we're just going to use it for next year to get better. Because I mean, John, Jaron, and Des, they're all 22, 23 years old. It's just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be special. Whatever happens this year. I love it. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be shocked if the finals is not uh, Suns Bucks this year. Yeah. Like I, I think we're rematch bound. It, it just, the East, they're going to beat each other up, but oh, I for sure. think the Bucks know how to win on another level. You saw it with the, Giannis block of Embiid yeah. two nights ago, right? Like they just they've got this instinct to close, and then the Suns that thing feels real destiny, but like they feel like some of the Spurs teams of last decade. I agree, but I will say, I will say, yeah. we are not going to be an easy out regardless. We're, I agree. Whoever we face, whoever we face, we we could give we could give Phoenix a run for their money. We definitely could. This this team is hungry, especially if you see. Everybody playing how we know they can play. John Morant's going to fuel his fire. Jaron's going to be amazing on both sides of the ball. Dylan's going to be the villain. Dez is – I mean, this – this it's going to be – it's going to be a fun series, a fun series to watch whoever we're playing. So, I'm Yeah, sorry. it's going to hit at the right time. Listen, I, I didn't think there was any way that my home state of Arkansas was going to be Gonzaga, and they – they no, that was crazy. them down. So, that I mean, th- things can happen. Yes, Things can happen. Who y'all got in the final four this weekend? I think I want to see Duke take it for Coach K. Take it all. I think I think Duke will win it all. I, I, I think Duke's gonna win it all. I think it's gonna be probably Duke. And I'll say, you know what? I'll say Duke Villanova in, in the national championship. I think Duke's gonna yeah, win it. That's the matchup I'd love to see too. I think I got no love for Kansas post. Yeah, me neither. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. How old were y'all when when Chalmers hit the shot? Against then, the Tigers. Um, it was 2008. I was, I was in I was six. fourth grade. I was yeah. six. Third grade or fourth grade? One of those. It's the uh, – we were we were in college. We were around a lot of people when it happened. And um, it's the most, like, grown people crying I've ever seen. 
<laughs> in one place. Oh man. So yeah, it's good to Luke, we appreciate you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been a pleasure getting to talk to you and pick your brain and learn your background some more. Oh, for sure. Man, I love it. We'd love you to come support Labonner and uh, figure out ways that um, y'all can lead alongside us. So let's keep dreaming. Thank you both for going all in to choose 901 to keep your talents here and grow on the prowl. I'm, I'm excited for y'all's future. Anything you'd like to say to our listeners before we wrap it up? Man, y'all go on this ride with these fellas. Like who, uh, Grind City Media folks like Jason Wallace and Chris Vernon once were and Gary Parrish and Jeff Calkins are today. That That's who these dudes are becoming. So yeah. blessings to y'all, man. I think, I think we as listeners are uh, riding with you. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. You're the best, Luke. Yes, Hope you are. See you tonight. Yes, see you. I'm your host, Robert Roden. And I'm Ramey Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on The Proud. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop. And we got them high clocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the